We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and today we are back with another movie selected by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Uh, really, the the duality of man, when, when you think about the patron picks this month. They picked Eight Men Out, our episode last week, and this week we are talking about Popstar, the, the Lonely Island classic mockumentary. I'm very excited, and I want to thank and shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our producer-level patrons, that is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Ager, Mike Trees, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Class A Empire, Jason Alva, Stephen DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt, Richie, Robert Dove, Andrew Teagle, Real One Balagoon, Jeff Esses, Anthony Scaffone, and Taylor Logan. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting the show, for voting on movies for the show to cover, and for picking Popstar. Alex McDaniel, the great Alex McDaniel, back on the show. This is a, a favorite of hers. Uh, we had her for Hot Rod, going to have her for this. We've got we've got more Lonely Island stuff in the future to cover as well. Um, they, they've dabbled in the world of sports, and, and we need to, to pay them a little more respect on the show. But um, again, thanks to the patrons. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. They obviously they get to vote on movies for the show to cover. You get an ad free audio feed. We're now a two ad show. So that that ad free feed is 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 clutch. And you get to participate in live watches, uh, join the big screen sports discord, a lot of fun stuff. So uh, if you want, check out the Patreon. If not, stay tuned. Listen to me and Alex McDaniel talking pop star. All right, returning to big screen sports, she is the managing editor of For the Win, the queen of content, of all the content, some may say, the great Alex McDaniel. Alex, how are you tonight? I hate that intro. Redo it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) I am the queen of nothing. The queen of the content, the, the curator of all things content. Alex, how is the content at For the Win? It is abundant and plentiful. And uh, I'm not going to come up with another synonym for that. But yeah, we're um, we're doing a lot of stuff. It's football season, so God only knows what we will have published tonight. Um, 
or any night that there is a football game on. Taylor and Travis are happening, which is like our Christmas. Oh like, yeah, I've heard is, of those two people. Yeah, I've heard of that. like it's our you know we're having a we're having a good old time exploiting people's personal lives for profit. It's almost like that's <laughs> the only thing our group text has talked about for two plus weeks. It's true. <laughs> no, the evolution of that text from like a solid Ted Lasso text. It was just Ted Lasso all the just time. Ted Lasso to then like. The show ends and it's like, are people still talking about Ted Lasso? That was like three months. People are still talking about it. And now it's all Taylor all the time. Yeah. And uh, occasional pictures of Sam Hartman and his hair and occasional. beard combo. Yes. Occasional. And his werewolf transformation. But... Yes, indeed. It's been yes, good. Yes, indeed. Where can people follow you and check out this content? <laughs> I don't want to tell them. You can definitely uh, check out For the Wins content at ftw.usatoday.com. We're all over the internet, social networks, and what have you. And um, you can follow me at Alex McDaniel on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky if you're a Blue Sky user, which is like the place to be if you need a code. Let me know. The vibes are nice at Blue Sky. I I've, like I've, them. I've enjoyed the vibes. I keep forgetting to check it, but I like the vibes <laughs> when I'm there. That's the problem is like, I don't, I definitely don't tweet as much as I used to. But when I say tweet, I mean that just general social posting on game mm -hmm. day. So I'll get halfway through a college football Saturday and I'll have a thought that comes to my mind. I'm like, oh, go tweet that. And then I'll do it on like X. I'm like what a waste. I should have done that on mm -hmm. Blue Sky. And you don't want to be the double poster. Yeah. Because you've got people following you it's you know it's a lot of pressure but i like it it's a good yeah. thing oh yeah. can i shout out someone really quickly on the show? i know we do like yes Patreon shout them out okay so quick story <laughs> it's not gonna be, it's, it's gonna be quickish okay just hang with me here so the other day i had to get my driver's license renewed because it was my b-day and i'm old and uh i waited until the day after my birthday to do it I was in a big hurry, did not do my hair. My hair was in a ponytail. My thinking was like, who's going to see my driver's license? Like, who really cares? As long as they can see I've got these like full cheeks, it's going to be fine. So I take a terrible driver's license photo and I get over it because at least I have a current driver's license. Fast forward to like three days later. It's last Sunday. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, where I lived for a long time. Um, my son's dad, we took him to dinner for his birthday because his birthday was the same week. And you know, we just wanted to go out and have dinner and a server comes up to us. We were at Soho Social, by the way, in Homewood. If you're ever in Birmingham, it's a wonderful little place. Um, so server comes up. I order an old fashioned because hello. <laughs> it's of course. Me. I he asks for my ID. I give him the ID and he starts laughing. Now I'm very sensitive <laughs> at this point because I've just taken a horrific driver's license photo. And my first thought, like, I should have kept it inside, but I look at him and then I look at John and then I, I look back at the server and I'm like, oh, my God, are you laughing at my photo? I didn't have time to get ready. I just start panicking. Then he starts panicking because he knows he's offended me or he thinks he's offended me. He really hasn't. Um, and it turns out his name is uh, Caleb. I'm not going to do last names because I don't want to reveal anyone's identity. But his name is Caleb and he's been a loyal listener of the pod. And I never get that. You get people sometimes like I followed you for college football stuff. I follow you on Twitter. And then whenever he would come back to our table and he heard me speak, he would like start laughing again because he only knew me from the podcast. And I texted you and I was like, you, you will did. not believe this. This is insane. It, it was the coolest, just the coolest text. The coolest just thing. Incredible. So I, I'm really sorry for accusing you, Caleb, of laughing at my driver's license photo. But and I was I was having a day. 
congrats to us because we have at least one listener. This is I great. Know. We have one. We have Go one. Us. And I will say we have we do have more than one because we do have our wonderful big screen sports Patreon group. That's true. And once or twice a month, twice lately, it'll be once next month. They get to they get to pick some movies for the show to cover. They get to pick fun things. They pick they're picking a live watch next month, which is gonna be gonna be a heater. But this month they picked two movies. The first one, Caroline and I did last week. The just very straight lay, straight up baseball movie, Eight Men Out, kind of the the spirit of this podcast. Just a good old fashioned straight lay sports movie. The second movie they picked, which we are doing tonight, <laughs> is they they lit your bat signal. We are doing Love pop it. star never stop never stopping the 2016 music mockumentary brought to you by the Lonely Island. When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain celebrity status. Start Andy Samberg, Yorma Tacone, and Akiva Schaefer is written and directed by the three of them, aka the Lonely Island. Got a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, grossed only 9.4 million at the box office. Uh, was streamed by everyone i think if this movie had came come out like 15 years earlier it probably clears 150 million dollars in dvd sales yeah but that would be the same year as hot rod and like that's a good point so couldn't do that That, that's a good point that's a good point (laughs) alex for you you are a you are probably the world's foremost scribe on on this group uh you're the thought you're the thought leader when i was when i was writing my yet to be announced book i came to you for hot rod and you deliver the best writing in the book. And when, what what is pop star to you? Where does it rank among the 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 lonely verse? What is you know what was lonely this when verse. when when it when it first came? Like where where does this hit for you? So first of all, I am not a Lonely Island expert by any stretch of the imagination. Tonight even, you are. <laughs> tonight I have to be, so I will play that role, but. I don't want because I'm going to get some stuff wrong and I don't want people calling me out like I thought you knew everything because let me just share this embarrassing story. I was very much like into them on SNL. I was into them when they were on YouTube. Obviously, I was into Hot Rod, Um, but it was like 2017. When was the movie made? Was it 2016? 2016. It was like 2017, maybe early 2018. I um, was out at a bar shocking <laughs> in oxford and um it was my sister and i we were with our friend lyle and he brought it up he's like you've seen pop star and never stop never stopping right and I was like, what are you talking about and i had never heard of this movie so clearly i'm not an expert on the line well that's the thing that. no one really saw it it was it was very underseen it it was like I mean, kind of like Hot Rod in a sense where it was discovered after the fact by many people. I didn't see it in theaters. For sure. I've seen it like 10 times since, but I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. And I definitely like I've told this before, like I was introduced to Hot Rod by an ex-boyfriend of mine. So like I wasn't on the cusp of like what was cool, but I watched it that night. My sister and I, we went back to her house and our friend Lyle and we were we had some drinks and we watched the whole thing and I was just blown away. So here's my thing. This what I love about them as a group and the fact that they were kind of our first big example of sort of like internet millennial weirdos that sort of had a thing and they were weird, but it it went mainstream because they were so funny and popular. Hot Rod is this great example of the scrappiness, right? These kids who come from nowhere and they're making everyone laugh. Popstar, it's very good, but this is truly like showing what happened after everybody caught on to like, well, that's incredible. We will do whatever they tell us to do. They're really funny. 
Um, not to say they didn't pay for all those cameos, but just like, you know, the abundance of cameos, the obvious mm-hmm. jokes, like just the whole way it's constructed is very much um, like decadent and kind of a celebration of of who they are as a group. So um, I don't, it would definitely be number two for me, I guess, if, if we're ranking movies. But if we're also putting digital shorts in there, I, I would need like a week to prepare. We that. could do we could do the the Lonely Island Mount Rushmore. No, I'm not prepared. You're not prepared? No, I could not do that right now. It's because, tough. Because it's, it's tough. like also Lonely Island stuff that they didn't necessarily star in. Like you have McGruber, you mm-hmm. know, you have stuff like they've been involved in with projects, but I just love to see the three of them on screen. Little yeah. guys, you know. And you, and you can go all the way back to like you could make a strong argument for Lazy Sunday yes. or Dick in a Box on on their Mount Rushmore as well. Or I mean like Shirani, there's so that's what I'm saying. God, like, I fucking forgot about Shirani. I mean, I love everything like Saxman. I, I mean, I've listened to these albums over and over. That's why I say, if you have to do a Mount Rushmore, you have to break it down. Like, are we talking movies? Are we talking digital shorts? Are we talking streamers? Are we talking just their music? Um, like, I just had sex. It deserves oh, its own all, own mountain. All-timer. It gets its own Mount I, I'm on a boat. All timer. Turtleneck and chain. I mean, it's these guys. They've got the hits. And then it's just the the variety too. It's it's so many different kinds of comedy. They obviously lean into the musical comedy, and I think that peaks here with with this mockumentary. But they've also, I mean, they have two probably the two of the funniest sports sports adjacent. Actually, three of the the funniest sports adjacent things made in the last twenty years between. Seven Days in Hell and Tour de Pharmacy. They're two like mockumentaries for HBO. And then the Bash Brothers thing for Netflix, which was (laughs) the most random. It's it's perfect, though. I was going to say, my TikTok bio is, I'm not a hamburger, but they call me Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Bash Brothers is the most quotable, obscene, raunchy shit. And I love it. But you're right. It's amazing. They they sell on multiple platforms. And then let's not forget a movie we did on this show last year in in Palm Springs, which oh my is God. which is uh, it is it's probably in my top five comfort watches at this point. Like I love that movie so much, and it is a rom com in a time where they're making fewer of them, and fewer of them are successful. And it's both insanely funny, insanely heartfelt just a a movie that makes me feel some kind of way and it's from the guys who brought you the bash brothers netflix special it's incredible right and it's funny because the like the guy i'm dating now like three four years whenever that came out was that 2020 was that COVID times yes like i remember watching it with him like well over the phone we were like texting or whatever or facetime or something but because it was just because andy samberg was in it like we didn't expect to love it and that's like, yeah, that's an all-time favorite. It's a really like poignant rom-com. They can do mm-hmm. it all, is my point. They can. And speaking of this, with this one, they they lean. They were doing music before this. Obviously, a lot of the SNL digital shorts, and they put out their own albums. What is the best song in this movie? Oh my god, <laughs> I should have prepared for that. I question. have. I mean, I have a clear favorite. What's your favorite? You say it first. It's Mona Lisa. I was go okay. I was going to say Mona Lisa. It's the best. Mona Lisa, you're an overrated 
It's so it's it's one of the ones that like I could listen to it while I like bike on the stationary bike. Like I love that song. So two things about this. First of all, when I was I was rewatching this earlier tonight and Jack, my son, kept coming in the room. He's 10, a whole 10, a whole two hands now. And I kept shooing him away. I'm like, you know, you can't watch this. We have a deal. If I watch like a movie that's bad for him, like he'll go and I set up space in his room. He can play the PlayStation. I'm not like keeping him in a cage or something. But he kept trying to come in and I'm like, you cannot watch this movie. And he left the room and he's like, just tell me when Mona Lisa comes on. I'm like, how do you know? (laughs) How Um, does he know? Mona Lisa's great, but I got to tell you, sick Glenda. (laughs) 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 Like, it is so catchy. Like, what is the Glenda are you dying or just avoiding me it's so, if you start singing that song it gets stuck in your head and I was just telling someone like to me that's the point of the movie obviously it's like the reconciliation but it's the truest to the three of them as people and their friendship I think it's brilliant I love sick Glenda but yeah. I don't really go to bars with loud music anymore but if I, because I'm old, but if I did, I would, it's just a dream for Donkey Roll to come on just to do the. <laughs> well, I got to tell you too, I'm so humble slaps. I know oh. every word to it. I know every word to that song. And it's disturbing. You don't need a white girl <laughs> screaming those lyrics to you, but it's wonderful. I love it. I listen to it when I need to get pumped up, like unironically. I think it's a great song. I mean, Adam Levine, I could do without, but. Um, I think, but it's... It, but the Adam Levine hologram bit, the it's so expensive, <laughs> so expensive. It's just very smart, and I remember them performing it on the Voice, like whenever they were doing promo for the movie, and obviously Adam Levine was was doing the voice. I remember them doing it and thinking, "This is so silly! Like, what what are they even doing?" And I had no idea it was tied to this movie. So, um, can I go through some of the lyrics of "I'm So Humble"? Yes, please do. I want people, because you don't get to hear them all in the movie. And if you're not the person who listens to sound, you're like, okay. Bar none, I am the most humblest. Number one at the top of the humble list. My apple crumble is by far the most crumble list, but I act like it tastes bad out of humbleness. The thing about me that's so impressive is how infrequently I mention all of my successes. I poo-poo it when girls say that I should model. My belly's full from all the pride I swallow. I'm the most courteous, biddable, hospitable. Reverential, normal Larry, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rary. I hate compliments. Put them in the mortuary. I'm so ordinary that it's truly quite extraordinary. Clap. <laughs> it's so good. You know, it's funny that as you were as you were going through that, they were showing the celebrities at the Cowboys game, and LeBron James popped up. <laughs> That's his soundtrack. I love it. Go listen to that song. It's great. So I just gave you three songs that I love. I mean the whole the whole the whole movie bangs like it's really it does. it's really funny. Um, Very smart. Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer uh, sports movie. What what would this? Be? I mean the sport of music, mu- music and sports go hand in hand. So the really, sport just of music. The sport the sport of uh, of pop stardom, a competitive field. For sure. I don't. It's hard with the parody movies, you know, like. Because when they made this, they wanted it to be a spinal tap situation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of like Hot Rod, they were really fine with it failing. 
because mm-hmm. they're like, we believe in this enough that years later it could catch on. And I want to believe. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of there in terms of the, I mean, it is, it is 2016 Spinal Tap. Like it is yeah. that, I think it, I think it achieves what they wanted it to achieve as a mockumentary. I think it's legitimately very funny. It's not the thing that some mockumentaries struggle with is like keeping not grounded with reality, but like keeping an actual grounded plot that doesn't just get too far off the beaten path. And I think this is really good as kind of a, you know, as children of VH one behind the music, it's actually (laughs) like, it's actually like a, it just beat for beat really good. And I, that goes, I think the, the, the Nas cameos and the Questlove cameos. Yeah are so crucial to this movie because if you've watched like any of those VH1 like 100 greatest r- rap songs or you know one hit wonders or something like that my favorite part about those is when it's like some artist and they're just like man you know four non blondes was just speaking to a generation that was desperate to hear them and and I just don't think some of us were ready for that just like revering these random artists and that's like the Questlove and Nas things were perfection okay here's my question for you though not to veer too much off topic when i say behind the music what is the first episode you think of the funniest thing is <laughs> i think of the blue oyster cult snl <laughs> okay because <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that put that aside what's the actual first episode you think of so funny enough for me it's actually the lil wayne one Interesting. Because because I remember it was the one that like I'm still list I'm listening to this person I'm a huge fan of this person when sure. they do it and I just I remember a spot specifically in the, in the behind the music when it's when uh, Lil Wayne makes the decision that he's no longer going to write his raps and he like rec- <laughs> he recorded like everything he had written down in a mixtape and the whoever the voiceover guy for behind the music was is like he's up there with the EA, EA Sports guy in terms of <laughs> iconic voice but he he made it sound as though him ripping through all his written raps and choosing to go freestyle is like the equivalent of storming the beach in Normandy. It's just like yeah. the most important thing in the world. So that's what, what do you think of with behind the music? This is so, this ages me so much. Um, I know I'm going to pronounce his name wrong actually, but Leif Garrett, did you ever watch the Leif Garrett one? I believe is, it's pronounced Leif, but people might say. Is Leif. he the guy from the outsiders? No, <laughs> Okay. Yes, actually, I believe he? He, he's in the yeah. he's in the socials, right? Yeah, so, he's the guy who gets stabbed. Spoiler alert for if, if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen the outsiders. outsiders. So his whole thing, and I was young when I saw. It. I had to be eleven or twelve. You know, he. I can't remember the details. I know the listeners are going to come at me for this for even mentioning it. But he was um, in a car accident. Like he was drunk, I think, or something. And his friend ended up paralyzed. And there's this scene where they meet each other at a park or somewhere outdoors. God, I hope I'm not wrong about that. And like they find peace with each other. Like he apologizes. Do I have the? I'm worried that I have got the wrong person. Let's. Google I, I mean, I'm pu- yeah. I'm pulling up his Wikipedia. Um, it what that was him in the Outsiders. He is the person again. Skip ahead 15 seconds if you haven't read or seen the classic book yeah, and movie, no. the outsiders. Okay, I was but right he is the this. one that, that Johnny stabs. Yeah, so he was in a car accident in 1979 that left his friend who was with him quadriplegic. Um, and I can't remember the circumstances. Like they hadn't 
talked over many years, but there was this very pivotal scene in behind the music where they end up and there is forgiveness and apologies. And that just always stuck with me, I guess. So I was just curious. Like, I feel like everybody has their one behind the music episode that stuck with them. Besides Blue Oyster Cult. His his first album was a self-titled album. <laughs> and his first his first four he singles charted charted mod- modestly. Yeah, this is a Leaf Garrett pod now. But his singles were all <laughs> covers of songs from the 50s and 60s, such as he covers of Run Around Sue and The Wanderer. That shouldn't count. Look, man, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. Anything went in the 70s. Anything, I mean, anything goes today. It's just packaged it's, prettier. It's a good point. Know? It's a good point. Marvin Gaye's but, family yeah. wasn't around to sue people in the <laughs> 70s. Um, <laughs> I, I'm saying it's a Hall of Fame. In terms of, yeah. like sports movie quote-unquote in terms of music mockumentary or just music movie sure. it's funny we it's funny uh, we talked about that thing you do a couple weeks ago in yeah. terms of music movies that is easily in my mount rushmore this this might be like i i love this and this is such a easy fun watch too it's also there there are r-rated comedies you can't watch on a plane and this is an r-rated comedy you can watch on a plane which i appreciate yeah like you know with the exception of like the boobs on the window, but also planes have those screens now where you can't really see what's happening next to you. Yeah, so. we'll we'll talk. One of the the, the, the window thing is like my yes. favorite favorite <laughs> bit. Uh, before I get into IMDb trivia, I do you have anything off the top because you are you are usually the trivia trivia. I person. have a few things. Yes, um, and you might have to fact check me on these. The crowd shots, you know how they have these incredible crowd shots in the movie? Yes. Actually from, I don't know if it was a single One Direction concert or multiple, but that's from One Direction shows. That, that is that is correct. I, I, awesome. I'm not going to fact check you, but I did have that. So, <laughs> so that um, one, yes, correct. All three of their wives make appearances in this movie. So yes. Andy Orman and Akiva. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I said the spinal tap thing. There was some other like thing that I was thinking at the top of my head. I was make sure you bring that up. Um, I don't know. Those are the two that that jump out the most. What do you have? There's there's two that I got that are that are pretty good. Uh, the okay. character of Hunter the Hungry is believed to be a loose parody of the rapper Tyler the Creator. Yes. Which yes. I'm I'm not a hip hop aficionado, <laughs> but I got that the second I saw this. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean that's I feel like it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Because the the first song he does sounds like I, I can't I think the song is called Yonkers or something like that, but it sounds exactly like it. And I'm like, oh, and yeah. So And well, you know too, this was supposed to be like a parody of the Justin Bieber documentary, which was called what, Never Stop? or won't won't stop or whatever and it ended up being very little like that documentary outside of the drumming toddler but initially the movie was supposed to be called connor for real and the only reason they changed it was to kind of try to poke fun at the justin documentary which the drumming baby in the beginning is yorma's son oh i think i think i don't know y'all i can't trust my mind (laughs) (laughs) but it's possible that's true uh, the last one I have is the real life rappers that I mentioned earlier, like Diddy, Nas, Questlove, talking about their love for the Style Boys was not scripted. The responses were based on questions by, asked by the Lonely Island as if it were about the real life rap group, the Beastie Boys. I love that. I have heard that before, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I love that too. The it's 
very smart too because the cameos you know cameos are great but they can for something like this they could just seem so scripted or inauthentic and they all seem very real and i think mm-hmm. that's what adds to why the movie's so interesting mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the funniest bits about the movie of them talking about this group again, as if they were the beastie boys. Cause they ask like everyone about it, like Jimmy Fallon, like everyone is huge on this group. But the, the song that we see them for is like, is donkey roll. And yep. it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a perfect joke. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to get back with what worked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. Uh, three up, three things that worked about this movie. What what stands out? Why is this? What's the main reason? Why is this so successful, Alex? The music. the music I mean and that's kind of like Lonely Island in general right that's why their albums have been so successful and why everything they did on SNL was so good because the music was actually good it was like stuff you would listen to and so yes I definitely think music is one of them do I have to give three or am I just no we'll we'll just we'll back and forth okay We'll, we'll go back I mean that is I mean that's why they are so successful in general like you said, because this is stuff that like you listen to regularly. Like, yeah, one of my favorite times in college like, in general is when I'm on a boat or I just had sex comes on in a bar. Like, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, just just screaming to that. And these are are all really funny. And they also have it. Like, I don't think they could have. This would have been as good if they had made it when they were just starting out. They have after this, they have ten years of of industry knowledge to poke fun at, and I I think because of that, it's it's a it's really really good. Yeah, well, I think like kind of going back to, um, what I said about Hot Rod, like it, its appeal is how um, scrappy it is, and how they had to do so much with so little, and that's why it's like you can't really compare them because it's two different points in their career, but um. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. The music's incredible. I was going to share a, a funny story about one of their songs, but I don't think I want to reveal that much of myself. So <laughs> continue. We're going to get that story out of you later this pod. But right. Alex, we have a special guest joining us, making their first appearance oh on the show. Goodness gracious. This is Mary McDaniel, <laughs> my sister. Hello. So Mary was there. I've already told the story. 
of how our friend Lyle is the one who made us watch Popstar and we loved it. And like to this day, if Mary and I are in a car together for any amount of time, we will at least listen to Mona Lisa at least and usually some other Lonely Island stuff. So let the record show I was the first one to watch it. And... Oh, okay. <laughs> I believe you. And then Lyle got into a conversation with me about it. And then you were like, what? Okay. What fair. is this movie? Always <laughs> a year behind that, Alex. <laughs> Look, man, I fully admit this. Her, I tell her all the time. She'll tell me stories about our childhood. I have no recollection of it. I'm just like, I'm sure it happened. <laughs> like, I don't remember, but I trust you. So, Mary, you've got to answer what is what is your favorite song on the on the pop star soundtrack? What do you go back to? Uh, I mean, like she said, Mona Lisa is a hard one not to listen to, but these are the things in my Jeep kill me <laughs> every <laughs> I couldn't relate to that song because I didn't have that stuff in my Jeep. <laughs> I can't remember the actual quote, but I love the idea of it. Yeah. And then um, Turn Up the Beef. I have to play that one, too. Yeah. We haven't yet we haven't yet even mentioned I think probably the most ridiculous and probably the most ridiculous too. We haven't talked about Bin Laden and we haven't talked about uh not gay, which is just they're both because then I was like, we were really not mentioning the two that are probably the most impactful. Bin Laden when that woman comes up and she's got the bin Laden. <laughs> terrible everything it's yeah that one's rough it's 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 so good it's 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 very good but yeah the what is the the one about being gay called i can't remember it was just called gay right gay yeah okay I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. I'm not gay, but if I were, I would marry who I like. It's not fair. I'm not gay. I mean, it's very, it's another thing too that I love about the three of them. How, and then I realized like, I'm not here trying to elevate what many might consider childish humor, but the magic of that song is like, obviously they're singing a song about equal rights and whatever, but the whole magic is. Connor needs everyone to know he's not gay <laughs> in the song. And so subtly, like at first you're like, yeah, what's wrong with this song? This is like a song you'd hear anywhere. And then you see him more and more not gay. It's so stupid. but And then it know. gives us a Ringo Starr cameo, which is like, outrageous. And he's like, they can get married now. <laughs> they can get married. I should have watched this today. Oh, I did. <laughs> And that's why we are no we are. no better time than than the present. This would make a great live watch movie. It would. Yeah. yeah. Remember that. Um well, Mary, right now we're on the portion of the show uh that I call <laughs> 3 up, which is where we just do three things that are good about the movie. We never stick to 3. It is a st- I just need to go it's back like to 11. Super super dumb category name. But we've already we've <laughs> talked about the music and why this works. Mary, why else is is this movie so successful? I'm sorry if you hear my dog. She she sneezes when she's mad at me. It's a um, tradition of this show. My dog barks. Caroline <laughs> usually has two right next to her. Like the, the, it's not a show unless we get some dog noise in the back. I've got a kid who just busted his lip on a plastic gun. It's all crazy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that is your nephew. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Damn. It's like it's you do have vested interest. I'm not made for this. <laughs> um, what's good about the movie? Ah, uh, um. What works okay. about it? So I said the music. Yeah, I 
I don't. What's the guy's name that like plays the rapper that's supposed to be a parody of Tyler the Creator? <laughs> we just talked about this. Um, okay. That's uh, his... it, it's it's Chris Red from yes. SNL, who is yes. who is fucking hilarious in this movie. Amazing. And I was he already on SNL when he was in that movie? Yeah, I think okay. so. Pretty sure. Then I don't, wow, I don't has he been on that long? I believe so. Wow. Wow. Okay. I must not have been watching him on SNL because as far as this brain remembers, that was the first time I saw him and I was, I love Tyler, the creator. So when I saw it at first, I was like, Hey, and then I was like, that's accurate. (laughs) 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 I really liked his role in the movie, even though it's kind of smaller, but y'all are right. I got to stop saying things that I think I know. He joined in 2017 and this was made in 2016. Good audition then. Damn. I mean, that goes into, and it's something that they seem to accomplish in every project they do, but they don't fill, they don't have people in roles that aren't comedically incredible. Sure. I mean, right. they, they having Tim Meadows in this movie, I will, I will go on a, a long Tim Meadows rant after the fact, but Tim Meadows is here. <laughs> I think Tim Meadows is one of the five funniest people of all time. I know I'm prone to hyperbole, but anything <laughs> Tim Meadows says kills me at all times like i think the ladies man is the funniest thing ever i think in walk hard he deserved an oscar i just (laughs) tim meadows in in walk i (laughs) the number of times that in college me and my teammates would just yell at each other you don't want no part of this dewey like it just (laughs) it's but like even like they have Maya Rudolph is the aqua spin lady. They have, they just created a scene for Bill Hader just to be Bill Hader. He doesn't matter at all in the movie. They no. just have him for five minutes. I love the road. You know, this is kind of a perfect job for me, but my favorite free time thing is flatlining. Heart rate dropping. Flatlining is when you uh, technically lower your heart rate until, um, well, you're dead. Still dropping. Then you can catch a glimpse of the afterlife. Got the idea from the film Flatliners, Joel Schumacher film shot by Jan DeBont. You know, I try to fit in a F line sesh at least once a week. Two, one, hit him. Oh, wow. I shit my pants. Not this time. And it's every single little bit roll is, is great. And it's, I mean, it's, I guess, the not even the genius of these guys. It's just like, the credibility they bring of if they're doing a project, everyone involved in it is going to be extremely, it's the same thing with hot rod. It's like, Oh, who's going to play Denise's boyfriend? Oh, maybe it's, it's just Will Arnett. Will like, Arnett. They can just, also they can just pull movie. anyone. Yes. <laughs> oh, the TMZ. <laughs> the TMZ. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, what did you just, we were, Oh, I lost it. It was something about all the cameos in the movie, but go on. Oh, it'll come back to me. I mean the 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 cast plus the cameos. I mean we haven't all the ones we haven't we haven't talked about Justin Timberlake as their as the chef. <laughs> Julian. <laughs> it's so dumb. Just the premise of what these people do. So stupid. But I love it. It's like the hater thing. But again, it's like they're calling in favors. In Hot Rod, Lauren had to call in the favors, which is why we had Sissy Spacek in a movie like Hot Rod. But on that subject, who's who's going to play Connor's mom? What ran Oh, let's just get Joan fucking Cusack to do that. Who is who is thriving? Really? She's got how much screen time does she have in this? Like 5 minutes maybe? If yeah, I don't know. 
And but, she's just thriving. What is the joke at the end? Who's she on tour with? Oh, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember because I was like cramming this at the end. This is bad. We're bad podcasters. Yeah, um, we, I mean, we've we've gone downhill. We're, yeah. we're we're over the hill at this. Well, point. this is what we do every time. Um, but she's just a doll in general. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen Adam's Family Values, <laughs> Joan Cusack is a light. <laughs> she is a. I've heard you talk about this. <laughs> Love Adam's Family Values, but that's another show. She is uh she's great in the early seasons of Shameless. She's great in Gross Point Blank. She's great in a lot of things. She's great in broadcast news. Very young jo- Joan Cusack. Broadcast, uh, news. broadcast when you're ready, I'm ready for broadcast. I've news. been ready. My you should have said something. <laughs> <laughs> should have spoken up. Um, we, we talked about rails. just generally the, the, off the rails should be the new name of the show. <laughs> it's true. Just generally that they have a great understanding of the, the, the universe around a pop star, all the hangers on and the various man, the various management you've got Tim Meadows. You've also got Sarah Silverman. You've got the complete yes, men. I think the, the shit pancakes thing is one of the best bits ever. <laughs> I don't remember this bit. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I had to, so I was rewatching it tonight and I had forgotten about it and I was on the phone with someone and they were like, Oh, is it the shit pancakes part? I was like, what? And then it came on like five minutes later. It's, it's so, yeah, everything is very good. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the running, sense. the running gags. Um, Lawrence is woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, what's the line where he says something about 10 seconds and, Connor's like that's a third of the way to Mars <laughs> for the last time. Thirty, 30 seconds, seconds to Mars, Mars is a band. Ah, oh, it's the simple things. It's so good. Uh, one of the best parts about any this is actually something that that goes with sports movies and music movies is the downfall. Like there's always the you know there's always the the slow downfall montage. It's done best in in comedies. I think about like, I love the Ricky Bobby downfall, just how bad everything goes for him. But with, with this one, the Connor downfall is, I think the most lonely Island (laughs) moment of the movie is when he's fighting with Martin Sheen. It's like, it's the hot rod cedar. He's falling down the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, we can't even talk about it. And Martin Sheen is so pissed. Like, <laughs> it's so oh my god! I'm yes. gonna cry. Oh god, uh, Alex. What else works about this movie? <laughs> okay. Um. So I don't know if it's like a firm, like third thing, or however many we have at this point. But like I, 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 after this episode, I think I'm just getting rid of three up and three down. It's just gonna go back to what works. Just like I ate up. I changed it to try to keep us on task and like do like okay, we're gonna do three that things that worked and you. then three things that didn't work. Stupid. Stupid. Never do. Dumb. It's just gonna go back to what worked and what didn't work. What I think <laughs> Andy Samberg in general does very well is he makes his character so believable because he always plays these like heart of gold. Like they might've lost their way or they've been influenced by the wrong people or they just don't have enough self-awareness to know that they're not cool and very weird. Um, And that's what it was in Hot Rod, right? So yeah, 
he's like a weirdo and he's got this inflated sense of confidence, but he was a good guy and he just wanted to raise money so he could beat his stepdad to death. And then you have him <laughs> on like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it's Peralta and he's got a little swag about him, you know, like he he knows he's really good, but he still has that innocent, stupid boy. And I think that happens in this movie, but it it shows itself so well in like what I think is a very cringy scene, but I love it when he's reading the first reviews of the album. <laughs> it's like a negative four out of 10. Pitchfork's usually really harsh though. It's just, what does he say? The shit emoji. Was that Rolling Stone? <laughs> and then the positive one is the onion. Yeah. So he's like, so we'll call it mixed reviews. <laughs> some mixed reviews for the album it's it's fine but that's like and it shows itself throughout like at the end of the day he's just a little boy who wanted to you know do good and you know fame fame gets to all of us all of us famous people you know yeah i, I mean listen <laughs> you, you got recognized at a restaurant so i'm struggling with that now i'm just like how how could i be more famous i know i, I walk into my sales job every day and i'm just like god y'all gotta stop <laughs> I also think, too, just going back to, like, the bits that work, um, when he's having, like, lunch on the patio with Tim Meadows, and they're talking about the album not selling well, he tells them to turn the cameras off, and then they they have, like, the huge, what is it, a bee attack or a wasp attack or something? <laughs> and it's entirely just, like, the transcript. Like, what a good bit. What Get a good bit. Get my flamethrower. It's like, there's the queen. <laughs> it's like, did you get that on camera? It's so smart. It's just, it's really, really good. And it's, it reminds me so much of like, you know, like early nineties SNL, I think. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, SNL was so much better 30 years ago. I think it ebbs and flows. There have been incredible seasons of SNL over the past 10 years. And sometimes there are shitty ones. That's always happened. But I do think there was a sharpness, especially when you got into like, the Tommy Boy, Billy Madison, you know, Wayne's World. There was a sharpness to the comedy, and I think that that shows itself throughout this. But that's just that's just my opinion. And if we get into what didn't work, formerly known as Three Down, um, <laughs> I don't have anything because of exactly the point you're making is the sharpness. There are no. It's it's. It's like it's 96 or 94 minutes. Can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's sub 100. It is a tight 96 minutes. There are no lulls. There is no point where they take a. There are no big swings that that miss because sometimes that will happen in in mockumentaries or in comedies where there's there's a big bit that just doesn't work. Like there will always be like oh this occasional joke like I just didn't find that as funny as as such and such. But there's no point in this movie where I'm like. Oh, they're stuck and they're not moving. They're not moving positively. They get through the story. It's it's actually a very functional plot of like Connor. You know the you get the background in the intro, then you get Connor's debut album. This tour is going off the rails. Then he's you know then he's in a bad place, and then boom, he's back. Um, I I don't have anything that doesn't work because I think it's consistently funny. I don't think it takes any swings that that don't miss. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think it just as far as comedies go, like it's super solid. I'm a fan. I'm into it. Another <laughs> thing. So like another thing too, and we kind of haven't really talked about this, even though I think it's just kind of always there is and Judd Apatow was the one who said this, but it's kind of like a story about them in real life. Like they were a trio and 
it's not as clear cut as like Andy got big, but you know, they were a trio and then they go on SNL. Yorma and Akiva were writers. Andy was a performer. Um, obviously Andy had the bigger career in terms of like acting, but then like you see Yorma and Akiva working behind the scenes on everything. Um, and so I think it's interesting that Andy is the one in this movie who kind of has the upward trajectory and, um, you know, they've been friends their whole lives. So I don't think it was ever that dramatic, but I think it's funny to watch their careers evolve because they're all doing what they want to do. Um, and they're all very successful at it, but I don't know. You wonder, there had to be some tension, at least with the SNL thing, right? So you all try out. Andy gets to be in the cast and you are writers. Now, mind you, any chance to work for SNL in any capacity is amazing. But it does kind of change the dynamic, doesn't it? Not like, only is Andy in the cast, he becomes one of the most recognizable people in the cast. Like the second Lazy Sunday drops, he's one of the top three most famous <laughs> people on the show. Yep. In an instant. Which elevates them, right? Because they were the ones who created those shorts. And now you have Please Don't Destroy, which is, yeah, I don't want to say carbon copy of Lonely Island, but clearly inspired it's certainly, by. Yeah, certainly has some familiar beats. Yeah. And I, will, I will say their thing from this Saturday was very funny. The Def Jam thing. It was I funny. Th- I, th- I thought it was funny. Yeah, we're not hating on Please Don't Destroy. Is yeah. that, that's what it's called, right? Please Don't yes. Destroy? Okay. Um, yeah, I just think like as a trio... Even though Andy's kind of been most of the face person, most of the projects they've worked on, including like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, including the movies and the shows they've done, Yorma and Akiva, if they're not on screen, they're working behind the scenes. Um, And Akiva, correct me if I'm wrong, brilliant director. Mm -hmm. Like he's done that. Yorma can kind of go back and forth. No, I mean, it just, their chemistry together is undeniable. And it, they've reached the point where anything they do, like I'm, I'm going to consume. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what, and and they've reached enough where they also have the creative freedom to think they could kind of do anything they wanted to do at this point. Like I think they could get a drama greenlit if they really wanted to. I don't know if they want to, but I think they probably could get it greenlit. I think you're you're right. They could do whatever they want to do, and I hope they still do lots of funny stuff because I like their silly humor a lot. Me too. Me too. Um, let's pick a best scene. I don't know how to do this. Cause is it like, is, is it the best scene? Is it the funniest bit? Is it the funniest moment? You know, this isn't, this isn't like that thing you do where we have an obvious best scene. It's that moment. Yes. It's yeah. That thing you do is one of the most obvious best scenes ever. Yes. Um, what, Alex, I'll put it on you. What, you like, do. I always do. What, how do we pick a best scene for this? Like, or Mary? Like, is it is it the funny? Like, when we want, with a comedy, do we think about something that's just like, is it the funniest moment? I want Mary's input because, like, you and I are dissecting content all the time, and like movies and music <laughs> and stuff. She's not. She's like having an actual career. She's working on an actual profession. <laughs> like, yeah, make her so- do it. I want to know, just as someone who's not constantly thinking about the stuff she consumes, like to you, what is the best part of the movie? I think the opening scene with I'm So Humble sets the tone <laughs> for the whole movie. And it starts out where you go, okay, Lonely Island, let's get into it. And you just go, what the fuck is going on? 
And that's the rest of the movie. And so for me, that is the best. That you know sums up the whole movie. Do you know what's funny about that? I too what? thought that was the opening scene and it's not. I went into it tonight. It's not? No. I went into it tonight thinking, okay, we open with I'm so humble, but no, they do not. My bad. That's what we no, open no. with. It's like they start it's like the with background the story. Stuff, yeah, it's right? the backstory. Yeah. And then they use I'm so humble wow. as like, here's what they're. But no, I just think it's funny that we both thought the same thing because it's that. You we. Know, we might be from the same family. I know, but <laughs> like I thought the same thing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it does make more sense when you explain why Lawrence isn't there. <laughs> and there's a hologram of Adam Levine. But I agree. Yeah. It's a wonderful scene. Yeah. And it does a great job in setting up the mockumentary of the history yes. of the history of the style boys and then Connor for real. And then into <laughs> I'm so humble because it's like a it's like a 10 15 minute sequence like into or it's like a 10 minute sequence at least yeah into i'm before i'm so humble i just remembered the donkey roll and almost snorted (laughs) (laughs) i said earlier i said earlier before you hopped on that i just dream of going to a bar and donkey roll play so i can do the the shoulder thing spontaneously yeah yes we all dream of just it's the only thing um (laughs) there are a couple i i think about just my hardest laughs the party wolves <laughs> proposal is, is just oh. all time <laughs> seal the first time i saw seal get attacked by a wolf i lost it <laughs> um that was another did you see that Kyle that's another trivia tidbit is that in the movie you know seal says that his scars were caused by wolves <laughs> and in real life they were from lupus and that the scientific name for lupus, and again, I hate saying these things without knowing for sure. There's a, a first word, and then wolves is like part of the part of the scientific. I, I did. I I will say I did. I did see that. So I, I, okay, I, I'm I confirming. I'm confirming your trivia yet again. Yeah. Um. Also, the song, the proposal song he sings to her <laughs> is to the same beat as Mona Lisa. It's like to the, the same. <laughs> Oh my god. We haven't even talked about the catchphrase song either. Swanky Pups? <laughs> Dilbert. Squirrel Jam. <laughs> what does he say? It's an adjective. He says something Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> god, I don't remember. See, you're the expert. That's why I brought you on. You actually know more than we do about this movie that we knew we were going to talk about. It's like, what's that thing again? I don't know. I like that this is getting you to become a theme of the show. Of like, we start Not the episode, prepared. and then it's like, and then it's like, let's call in the experts. Let's let's hop in someone mid mid pod, or kind it. of the opposite of when we did Smokey and the Bandit, and we looped in Caroline, <laughs> who hadn't seen Smokey and the Bandit, but we just brought her on to talk about Burt Reynolds, and she did not appreciate <laughs> Jerry Reed. I will throw it back, not to go off on a tangent again, but Mary, one thing I asked Kyle. And I'm curious about you because, again, we grew up in the same house. <laughs> when you think behind the music, what is the episode that you think of first? Uh, Motley Crue. What was the I thing bet that was the, heat. that episode? I remember that one because didn't someone die or something? No, uh, Nikki Six flatlined, yeah, yeah. but they they brought him back. He's done it like seven more times since that episode. So my answer was the Leif Garrett or Leif Garrett. Oh my God. That was the most like, okay. See, 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 that was the most played. I remember that one. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's weird. I know. I figured you did. Yeah. 
Anyway. That's wild because if if someone was like true or false, Leaf Garrett had a behind the music episode. <laughs> I would lean false. <laughs> no, he was a thing, man. He was in the Outsiders. Did you know that? <laughs> it was a whole thing. A whole thing. We we Mary we deep dived uh, Leaf Garrett's Wikipedia earlier to confirm <laughs> to confirm all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Good for us. Oh, what no. was the question? <laughs> we're, we're, we're still picking a best scene. I want oh, to, th- yeah. I think is terms of funny, like there's the songs and then there's funny rolling bits. Like everything about the party wolf scene is funny. Like Paul Shear talking about like the wolf, like the, the <laughs> wolves are getting upset, but I think the part, and this might just be because at my core, I will always be, like a 13 year old boy. And that's why I think like jackass is still the funniest thing ever. When he has to sign the dick by the window <laughs> is still the thing that makes me laugh. He's, he's got the napkin and he's like <laughs> lifting it up. And this is the most childish shit. The most childish joke in the movie. And it's, it's, it kills me. It's still, yeah, it works. I I also I'm not gonna say best scene, but going back to my music answer, sick Glenda, just seeing the boys get back together again. <laughs> Mary, give us a bar too from sick Glenda. <laughs> Come on, please, please. I did it, and I rapped. I'm so humble. I did a whole verse. All, all I remember is sick Glenda, sick Glenda, get better or fuck you. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. But also a, a scene with Maya Rudolph where they're like, oh, hard R. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's like it's just very uncomfortable. <laughs> like The way that they do that throughout all of their movies, I think, is very. um, Yeah. Again, yeah. Tim Meadows. Brilliant. Brilliant. And we, we also need a shout out that they, for their finale, they roll out both Michael Bolton and Justin Timberlake. They have Michael Bolton and Justin Timberlake singing with them. It's impossible. I love Michael Bolton. It's impossible to look at Michael Bolton and not think of Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. It, man, I, I keep like wanting to be incredibly hyperbolic and be like top five Lonely Island song, but I love Jack Sparrow. I think it's so good. I think it's up there. I would have to sit down. Mary, earlier we talked about like a Lonely Island, Mount Rushmore. And I was like, I need a week for that because you've got yeah. songs, you've got streamers, you've got all sorts But like, what's the, what does he say? Like kind of in the, the instrumental break. Dun, 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 dun. What does he say? I love that part. Oh, oh Captain Baby Jack, Jones, Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. I, just love, I love when they go. Turns out Michael Bolton is a major cinephile and he goes, <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> I just, this movie is essentially them celebrating how many cool friends they have. Oh, so many. You know? And I want more. I yeah. have to have more. I mean, they did this. We're overdue doing, like, realistic, if we had planned this out, we should have done this and then we should have done Seven Days in Hell, which is perfect, and then Tour to Pharmacy, just back to back to back. Have you done Bash Brothers? Like, I realize it's not a movie have, traditionally. Have, I mean, we have no rules on this show. Like, no, we should we should just do, yeah, we should do Bash Brothers, Seven Days in Hell, which is fantastic. Martin Sheen, or not, uh, Michael Sheen in Seven Days in Hell is uh, unreal. I love Michael Sheen. 
Yeah, unreal. And then uh, Michael Sheen in general is unreal. It's great. Just he can play anyone, mostly Tony Blair. <laughs> but like he's he's a brilliant Tony Blair. But also, the, I just love him. The movie. Sometimes I will watch a movie on the show for the first time. Like it's rare, but it happens. And there's a soccer movie called The Damned United, which he was in. Which like I don't I don't know anything about my Premier League soccer extends to a, an Apple Plus show. My my knowledge. Uh, but it is about, I guess, Leeds United and like this, this coach, it's like based on a true story and he's in it and the movie is incredible and he is incredible in it. Like it stars him and, um, uh, guy whose name is escaping me from Con Air and which is, this is a great description, but Michael Sheen, great <laughs> actor, Cage. Does, does great work. Yes. Nicholas Cage in, in, in an English soccer movie. Um, okay. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Best quote. We've mentioned a couple. Okay. I have them written out. Hold on. Yes. Because I, I always mess this up because I have so many in my head. Um, y'all go ahead though. I like the yeah. the the um the hammer leg bit. Like ha- hammer leg <laughs> sold this place out, and then Con- Connor's like, it's the 18,000 place. Nobody sells that out. Hammer leg did last week. <laughs> Hammerleg. <laughs> Harry, what the hell? First of all. This is an 18,000 seat arena. Nobody sells this out. You sold 15,000 seats. That's still really good. No, it's not good. Hammerleg sold this place out last week. Well, Aquasman agrees with you. <laughs> They're concerned about ticket sales. What? But it's an 18,000 seat place. <laughs> it's so stupid and so smart. I love it. Um, That's a good one. Mary, do you have one? No. I, I know it's not fair to bring people. That's in what happens that. when you pull someone on a podcast with zero prep. <laughs> the last time I watched it was when Alex saw it for the first time, which was what? 2019, 2017, 18. I was still living in Oxford, I believe. So okay. that would have been 17. Cause like, why else would I would have been there? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know your life story. I just, whatever. Anyway, ever since I was born, I was dope. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> Um, I can't remember the delivery of this, so I hate saying it out loud if I can't remember like the inflection. But <laughs> Connor says, "My fans and me, we're in love. My songs are love letters, and the arena is our bedroom. The stage, the stage is where we fuck." <laughs> it's so good. Those things are so funny because you can picture a Justin Bieber like saying that. It's it's. The best, like the best comedy, is rooted in truth, and there is truth in that. There have been, there have been people who do that. I mean, that's like my my favorite bit from Almost Famous is Jason Lee's character talking talking about like I get that, like that the fans, like I get them off, and if I see someone having, like I make them get off, like it's 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 that it's that bit, but in a mockumentary. Also, when Hunter says like your helmet's dope, <laughs> it looks like the tip of Optimus Prime's tip. <laughs> Connor says, "See, don't you want to look like Optimus Prime?" It says, "Dick." <laughs> this is from oh, yeah. the trivia. The sound the helmet makes is the same sound as the robots from War of the Worlds. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's off the damn rails. We're so sorry, listener. I Caleb, mean, th- this is, our one this, is what, this is what they sign up for at this point. It's true. Um, most athletic moment in this movie. 
<laughs> so obviously it's not a sports movie. I will say there are multiple people in this movie who successfully fight off a wolf. Seal uh, survives that attack. <laughs> Incredibly athletic to, to fight off a wolf. That was probably, that's it for me, yeah. That's that's it. The only other one is Owen. I don't know if this is athletic, but Owen survives his fall off the stage, which is important. <laughs> I mean, you don't you. you don't see it, but the thing with the bee, that's pretty athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting the queen bee with the flamethrower, extremely athletic. God, I love I just, that bit. I'm sorry. This is relevant. I just got a text from my boyfriend that says, David Beckham is a beekeeper? Huh? Apparently, we gotta look that up later. I man, we need to break down I, the Beckham I, documentary I, on this podcast. I know. I, I need to watch it. Like, I I need to I need to just dive. What is that on the documentary? I assume. I don't know. Literally, like I picked up my phone and I said, "Hey guys, I got this text from my boyfriend. <laughs> David Beckham is a beekeeper. Is that a euphemism? I, that's one of my favorite things when former pro athletes have to find hobbies. Like oh, it's yeah. it's. I just I love it so much. I I just it's it's the best. Like these guys who were athletic specimens are just like, yeah, I needed something to do with my time, so I just I took up pottery or I started like keeping bees. You know, as one does. Just completely normal. Um oh my god, did Dak Prescott just take a safety? <laughs> we are watching the Cowboys, folks. This podcast Fuck. was doomed from the start. <laughs> doomed from the start. I'm going to cut Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Um, okay, the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character, a challenge in Lonely Island movies. Who is in this movie too much to not be a supporting character? Obviously, Sandberg. I would say Yorma is in this movie too much, and just for the sake of Lonely Islandness, I would say Akiva is in this movie too much. Sure. Tim Meadows can't count because he's constant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Sarah that's Silverman? fair. That's fair. Tim Meadows doesn't count. Yes. I, <laughs> you sound so sad about it. I love, I love Tim Meadows. I just want to give him... He he can't get an Oscar, but he, he can get an award on this on this pod. Um, Joan Cusack and... well, Pretty good, yeah. We haven't talked about the other... The Emma Stone random cameo. Rode the body on the flame. Um, Isn't this the year she wins an Oscar, too? When did La La Land come out? For Isn't it 2016? Yeah, I think it was one of those. It was one of those years. <laughs> And La La when she Land looks down Star. lovingly at Andrew Garfield and he looks up lovingly at her, but they're doomed. They'll never get back together. Sad. Sad. Um, <laughs> we talked about the, the TMZ parody a little bit, but Will Arnett and Eric Andre. Eric Andre is so good. <laughs> and uh, Chelsea Peretti. Yes. Amazing. I, I forget. Um, Will Forte is in this movie randomly. He's the bagpipe player. <laughs> Will he's Forte. just in the background. I don't think he speaks. Will Forte is my dream guy. <laughs> yes. He is the female gaze. Everything he's ever done. I'm like, I would marry him right now. There's an SNL skit I need everyone to look up immediately. It is him on a date with Megan Fox. And he plays a member of, he's like a SWAT team member. I don't know what you call him. SWAT officer. I don't know. And so, you know, he's supposed to be like really tough. And Megan Fox is asking him, clearly she's into him. And I forget the exact quote, but she's like, oh, my God, you spent all your day on SWAT. That must be so hard. And the whole bit is just him 
being like really sensitive. He's like, yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, moving on. Back to the question. Back to the question. Who are we? Uh, Bill Hader is Zippy. Who the? Always. We don't do. I don't think we see him interact with any of the other main characters. We just see him fumbling over the guitars and then discussing his hobby of flatlining. That's all he needed to provide. That's all he needed. He's like the honorary member of Lonely Island. And he really is because, so the thing about Bill Hader, this is relevant, I promise. It's not a tangent. Obviously, he's a brilliant director. If you've watched Barry, like comedy is his backup plan. Like comedy is the second thing that he's best at, which is crazy to me. But when he started at SNL, he started at the same time as Lonely Island guys. He used to ask if he could go on those shoots with them because he loved cinematography. He loved directing. And I believe he said something on a podcast where they weren't mean to him, but they were just like, are you trying to get in on this? Like we're an established thing. And he was like, no, no, no. I really just want to be there for the process and watch it all. And so he's always been like their little, their little like Lonely Island buddy. And then they did laser cats together. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they did. God almighty. Love laser cats. Um, there's also Justin Timberlake. Mm. Who's. Whatever. I mean, he, he's just, just whatever. Um, I'm giving it to Joan Cusack. Okay. Joan Cusack came in and did this movie and was Connor Farrell's mom. Good for Joan Cusack. I want to go to like a dinner at the Cusack's house. Oh, like a family I would, meal. I would absolutely. I feel like John starts fights, and Joan yeah. keeps the peace. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more kind of now, an I'm like I'm working that out in my head. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of an asshole. Like, I think he means well, but he gets really defensive online, at least. Oh, yeah. My man, my man loves a reply tweet. Your man, John <laughs> my, man, my, my good, My good personal friend, John, uh, <laughs> of who we've covered two of his movies on the show now. Was it one Hot last... Tub Time Machine 1 and 2? <laughs> no, but when Hot Tub... T- he's not in 2. Oh, he's not when, in 2? When Damn, you're ready for hot, hot Tub Time Machine is important to me. It is important. When, I love Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine deserved an Oscar. <laughs> You're among friends here. We all love, love Hot Tub Time Machine. Multiple Oscars. Love Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we talked about him in Con Air. He, right. he plays, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, let's take our second ad break. And a <laughs> reminder, folks, you can get ad-free episodes on the Patreon. All you have to do is join. And, uh, and then we'll be back with Defending the Villain. All right, the ad break was so long that we lost Mary, but me and Alex are back. Um, <laughs> Alex, defend the villain. And I say that with, is there a villain in this movie? Is is Hunter our it's, closest thing to a villain? I think technically it's Connor's hubris, I was about right? to say, is Connor, is Connor the villain? Yeah. I mean, Connor's, I don't think he's, again, I think Connor just did his best and he's dumb. It's his mm-hmm. hubris, you know? He got caught up in the seductive lady that is fame <laughs> got lost in the sauce <laughs> and but i believe he always still wanted to do well and he thought he was doing the right thing and mm-hmm. clearly it's a journey of him realizing like he was at his best creatively with his boys mm-hmm. so i think yeah. that's the villain yeah and he he accounts for all of his mistakes he talks about the 
the gay rights song was very problematic. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, if he is like this projected parody of like Bieber or anybody else who's out of touch, like I think, yeah, his his hubris was the villain, but we got it fixed. Yeah. The Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. Now, when we did Palm Springs, we talked about the concept of hot Andy. This is pre-hot Andy. I'm not saying he's not hot in the movie. Very cute. Would, you know. Um, but Andy did go through an evolution where, you know. Um, <laughs> my answers are not, like, in line with what is fair for the movie. Because my answers are entirely personal. So, like, Bill Hader. <laughs> it's, like, it's because I know him as Bill Hader. Um Let's see. Hottest person in the movie. Definitely not Adam Levine. His hologram. Not, at, not Adam Levine. That hologram um, is not hot. Do you know what Ashley's name is? His his like fiance in this no. movie or his girl. Her the actress's name is Imogen Poots. <gasps> I've heard of her. Okay, so I didn't realize that was her. Okay. That, that is her. Sense. That is her. She's super cute. Yeah. Um Sarah Silverman has her fans. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's yeah. knockout. Um, you know, you got Seal. You got you got a lot of oh, see, yeah, Seal is like iconic, iconic, good looking guy. You got Usher. I mean, forgot Usher he, was in there. Do we have abs, to exclude the cameos? I don't, you know. No, I think we kind of, I think we kind of leave it up for. You got Timberlake as much as I do not approve of how he uses you know, women to write songs about and just keeps their name in his mouth for 20 years. Still hot. I don't know. You get a lot. It's a hot movie. Yeah, it's a hot movie. Man, Imogen Poots has, has worked a lot. Which is done, great. Done, done quite a bit. Good for her. Yeah, I hope she I hope she lives in a great, uh, nice, nice house, <laughs> nice kitchen. We hope you have good that, things. That's my hope for everyone. Everyone. I just hope that all everyone we talk about in this in this podcast i just hope they live in a nice house we just hope you have great homes yeah great homes great homes nice floors good. <laughs> the uh the pot filler over your stove that's yeah. like how i that's oh, that's that's that is the dream do you have that, that? no oh no way that is such a texas house thing by the way to oh have. yeah yeah like no, the, I, the if y'all don't know what we're talking about there is a trend among people with nice homes. <laughs> if you have a nice home and you have this, just pretend this is new information. There's like a faucet that extends out from the back of your stove that can fill up your pots for you so you don't have to take the pots to the sink. You just have it mm -hmm. and it clicks right. It is a very swanky thing and it is my dream in life to have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a work event at my boss's house. Lovely event. And he had a lovely home and they had the pot filler. And I was pot just filler. looking at it and be like, that's it. That's, that's what the I, height that's of luxury. Yeah. That's, it's funny. Like when you're a kid, it's like, what would you want in, in a house? And you're like, oh, I want a mansion. I want 47 bedrooms. I want a pool. And I want a ball, and I want a ball pit. And I'm just like, I just want a, a pot filler and like, squatty potty in every bathroom like we're other than that we're good y'all i just want a porch i just want a wraparound porch and a pot filler and a backyard where i can host people i got really yeah. southern just now yeah. <laughs> did you hear the way well, i said well, porch 
Yeah, a little little porch and, <laughs> and, and ice cold sweet ice cold sweet tea, delivering it to your guest. Oh, that's not not that far, but anyway, okay. Discussing we got a show discussing the times and goings on in town. <laughs> this is. I thought it would be tighter with just the two of us. I really did. I was like, we're not going to go too long. This is longer. It is. It is. Uh, okay. Uh, drinking game. Got to make a drinking game for this movie. Uh, I don't know. You could say like every time another song plays, like another Connor for real song. I mean, they keep it going. Finish your drink every time Owen's helmet makes the War of the World sound. Oh, that's actually really good. I like that. We'll go with that. That's a good one. Best time, worst time. Best Connor has a bad. Connor has a bad time. He has a really rough time. Like, he clearly thought he was one thing. And he thought all of the brilliance came from him. And then it's mm-hmm. this slow descent into realizing it wasn't him. Yeah. So that's rough. Um, who had the best time? Maya Rudolph? Maya Rudolph seemed to be living her best life. I mean, she was with- just installing music and appliances. Yeah, I mean, she's a high-level executive at Aquaspin. Could likely, I bet her house, if she wanted it, would have a pot filler. Oh, 100%. Would, would it would sing that, to you. Yes, would be in that price range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was the bit. Do you remember Once Upon a Time when you 2 put their album on all of our phones? I just talked about this today, yes. Yes, yes. That that was a, a nod to that. Yeah, I think, I think she had a good time. I think uh, Timberlake as the chef had a really good time. He did have a He's, good He seemed to be just living the dream. Totally. Good for you, Justin Timberlake. And then he gets to sing with the Style Boys. Yeah, he had, he had a great Yeah, time. he was cool. Adam uh, Levine's hologram. <laughs> Adam Levine, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure he got paid a fortune for it. Yep. Uh, the Keith Morrison Dateline episode from this movie. Now, I don't do a Keith Morrison impression. That is, that is the Caroline department. God, we really should have brought her on for this. Keith Morrison doing the talking about the party wolves thing yes would be would be stunning you should like get her to record this independently and just put it in the podcast just gonna i'm just gonna text her what are you doing right now (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is gonna be another hour another hour um we're, we're gonna move on to roster moves who who are you playing sandberg has air bud energy you could replace him with Airbud. I would say Owen. Oh yeah. Owen is Airbud. For sure. Um, I think you're right that that Owen is Owen is Airbud. Yeah. Um The Big Chill, so this is typically reserved for sports movies. I will say this is like corny and dumb, but when he goes into the transition of like I'm a style boy for life, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is this is an earned moment. Our final performer tonight is a living legend and still a superstar. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, Connor for real. <laughs> Finest girl I ever met in my whole life. Wanna take her home, make her my wife. Knew she was a freak when she started talking. She said, I'm a style boy for life. Yes, I love that. I'm a huge fan. So I actually, 
that's another thing of why this why this movie works well is because it's a ridiculous mockumentary where someone a character signs someone's penis <laughs> but there's also a big chill moment yeah. so that is that is perfection multitudes um last category before more store prequel sequel or remake i would be game if they did a pop star sequel be down for the prequel i want to know more about style boys <laughs> that would Just actually the be so, of their fame. Was, if they did like a 20 minute short yes on style boys i think yeah. that'd be so much fun like i don't think i could sit there for a whole movie but i could do a short for sure yeah do they have anything in the works i'm, I'm sure, sure they do that's why i say like, like i'm i'm not an expert on them like i don't ever know what they're up to but i'm sure they do well i'm whatever they Whatever they churn out, like like I said earlier, I have, I will be watching anything they do for the next fifty years or in, until I die. Uh, but I am glad that the patrons pick this movie. I am glad that you and I could cover it. Alex, tell the folks where's the content? Where are you content. hiding it? <laughs> <laughs> the secret code. Um, we got all the content at for the win fcw.usatoday.com. If you like sports, if you like pop culture, if you like Taylor Swift, if you like, um, you know, memes, I don't, I don't know. I'm never, it's been what two years. I still do not know how to promote my own website because we're all things to all people, which is such a good idea. When you want to succeed in the digital <laughs> field, you should be as general as possible. Um, that's a joke. So yeah, you can follow us on all your social networks and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex McDaniel. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to support the show and pick movies for us to cover like this one, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that is presented by Baseball America. Tune in next week where we start on episode one of two in Halloween-themed movies, or not Halloween-themed, but just like horror movies for, uh, for the Halloween season. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.